0: Alright, what is up you guys? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. Um, We made it, guys. It's fucking Friday. Uh, We kicked this week's ass. We're looking at next week like your next bitch. Um, I hope you guys have an amazing weekend planned. Uh, And go and check out the playlist if you get a shot or you get a chance. Um, This one admittedly has more of a i guess street flavor to it definitely more gangster shit um i credit that largely to sci-hi i've been listening to his no dope on sunday's album his first album actually isn't that shit crazy this dude has been rapping for i think like 10 15 fucking years and this is his first album that i'm aware of that shit is crazy bro um but i've been listening to him since his royal flush mixtapes I believe that's what they're called, um, or what they were called back in, that was in, like, the 2010 era, back when I was scouring, scouring fucking, uh, Dat Piff for just new shit, um, with artists like Psy High, I love that you not only have, you know, possibly a dope instrumental, uh, or more likely than not a dope instrumental, you also have, um, you know the way that the artist the, the, is rhyming over it the rhyme scheme you have melody but then on top of that if you listen in depth it's almost a whole nother song you know and it gives you so much when someone's so lyrical um I put them in the ranks of like Kendrick and Lupe just in that when you stop and listen to their music there's so, so much more to offer right um So I I think this street influence on this playlist is largely because I was listening to that album. Um, But what is also dope is because I've been making these playlists for you guys, I go and listen to shit that I previously wouldn't have listened to. And that included the Fab and Jadakiss mixtape. So I've listened to Fab for a while, like for years, Um, mainly mixtapes. Admittedly, Like, I haven't really fucked with albums. No particular reason. Just, like, mixtapes were always my shit. Like, you know, that was in the same era of the, uh, you know, with the Dap Piff scouring and shit like that. Just looking for new shit, you know, new music to listen to. Um, and Fab's always had the bars. He's always been witty with the bars. Um, and not even, like, witty, like, Wayne in his you know the end of his run all due respect to Wayne uh this was like these have always been consistently witty um so Fab's always dope as fuck to listen to and then Kiss rapping his ass off like he never left like um and there was one song on that album in particular that fucking stood the fuck out it was a Swiss Beat song there were a couple on there um it was early on the track list what the fuck was it I have it right here, um, theme music, that's what it was, that fucking track, my god, like, the instrumental isn't even, like, it doesn't, it's not this huge, hard-hitting instrumental, it's, it's just so fucking dope with the sample, and the way that Fab and Jada are rhyming over it, god damn, like, Swizz fucking did his thing, that song was amazing, um, I don't know, the the album i guess you would call it an album right uh not a mixtape the album was admittedly hit or miss but um i don't know i thought that when it hit that bitch hit hard um so between that and the sci High um some throwback pusher and even some early kanye and then just some like little odd songs here and there that i tried to integrate and make fit, like, I'm having fun with these fucking playlists, you guys, like, it's just exciting to do, like, you know, to try and take a song, like, that's why I want suggestions from you guys going forward, is, like, so you guys give me a suggestion for a song or whatever, I go, and I might have a certain, like, flow to the playlist, but I like integrating, like, just songs that shouldn't fit, but fucking do, so it's fun to fuck around with, So, you guys, if you guys get a chance, uh, go and give that a listen. It's much appreciated. But, all right, let's get into it. Um, UFC 218 is this weekend. And just on face value, just looking at the main event, um, the Max Holloway and Jose Aldo 2 fight, it is just because of the world-class fighters that each of those guys are and the world-class level that they bring to the sport um it's already a draw for me but this card goes deep motherfuckers like this i think every every fight on the main card i'm excited for in some aspect um so i just kind of wanted to briefly run through the main card and kind of give predictions and just thoughts on the fights, whatever. So let's start with um, Ticia Torres and Michelle Watterson. Admittedly, I'm not too familiar with T- Ticia Torres. I've seen her fight before for sure, but I, not enough for me to like remember a specific fight. Um, there wasn't like a standout performance that stands out to me at least. So um, I'm rooting for Michelle Waterson in this fight. I have her uh taking it by decision um i don't know she looked i i believe she's coming back with a vengeance ever since her loss to rose namayunez that was really where we first saw rose showing out and just showing another level of skill so much so that it made michelle look you know just like a shell of herself so i'm confident that she's gonna come back with a vengeance and just be more strategic in this fight. Um, and leave less open, you know, less openings. Um, so I have Michelle Waterson by decision. Um uh, this is probably the least exciting, still exciting, but probably the least exciting fight on the card for me. Next is a fucking a, a goddamn brawl if I've ever seen one. Um Eddie Alvarez and Justin Justin. Gaethje uh anytime you see Justin fight it's going to be an event um I mean his last fight who the fuck did he fight god damn it it was on a fox card um Michael Johnson it was a hell of a fight and he could have lost at any you know there were multiple times that he almost fucking lost and I guess that's what makes a, a great fight right when you see when it's just so back and forth um I just worry on another obviously I'm extremely hyped for this for this fight, but I do worry that with this fighting style, you know it's only a matter of time until Justin Gaethje gets caught and if he loses his chin, you know there kind of goes everything. I feel like everything else goes, but until that point, <clears throat> and he he's admitted that's his fighting style. He says you you know he said multiple times like you gotta put me out um until you put me out I'm still a worthy opponent and so and and that rings true but I worry cuz a chin does not last forever and when a fighter just relies completely on their chin once that goes everything else crumbles you know so I do worry about his future in the sport with the way that he fights and his future health in general um but I guess if you can put that aside obviously this is going to be a wild fight um, Eddie Alvarez looked amazing in his last fight against uh, who the fuck was it? He just fought is it Justin fucking not Justin Dustin Dustin Poirier, um which was that weird? I it was there there was a weird fucking call. I think it was a knee to a downed opponent or some shit. Um and it was just one of those like you know, where the ref, well, it wasn't even, I believe it was uh Herb, I believe that was Herb that was refing that fight, and it wasn't his fault, you know, it was, uh it was just an odd event, it was just some, you know, some fuck up, and that resulted in a no contest, but in the time that the fight did last, it was very back and forth, and Eddie was just you know, proving himself as a very worthy opponent, and that he, you know, since the Connor lost, he's, or since the Connor lost, he's still, you know, he's still a world-class opponent, so this is gonna be fucking insanely exciting to watch, um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Justin Gaethje in a second round knockout, I don't want to be th- that fucking, uh, that, that uh fucking why am i drawing a blank right now um i don't want to be that precise in my predictions because that's where it gets into just fucking chance and i i admittedly don't know the sport that fucking well um but like not to that level and even motherfuckers that do know it feel like it's kind of bullshit to call out the round and shit well it's just extra it's like okay bro you could have just picked the winner um so i got justin gaethje by knockout um and now uh fucking Henry Cejudo and Sergio Pettis so Henry Cejudo in his last fight against Wilson Hayes race I always fuck up that pronunciation um he looked fucking amazing just like a new a new fighter you know just like a whole new fighting style uh and he looked sharp as fuck You know, it didn't look like this was a developing fighting style. It looked like he had always been fighting this way. Um, I'm extremely excited to see Henry Cejudo again. Uh, I've got him winning this one. I've got Henry Cejudo. I think he just looked too fucking good in his last fight. So, now on to... Oh, fuck. i got the card pulled up. Just fucked up something. Pulled up an ad. All right, now we have Alistair Overeem. And Francis Ngannou. Um Goddamn. There's so much power in this fight. So much fucking power. Um, I mean, if you consider Alistair and his lethal fucking knees and elbows. And, you know, and sheer power alone. And then, you know, Francis, who's just proving to be a, a goddamn a knockout. A walking knockout highlight reel like this guy is fucking crazy he packs so much power um i feel like the key to alistair winning would be him being very strategic you know avoiding the just brawling um and dragging it out into later rounds but i think francis is gonna catch him early on Uh, i'm confident that francis wins this one by knockout um possibly by decision but with so much power in this fight on both sides i think it's gotta it's definitely ending in a knockout um yeah i gotta go with francis and ganu i think he's just uh alistair's proving to have a huge resurgence in his career lately um looking fucking amazing but I don't know, man. Francis, just with this power, that's who my money's on. It, it, could, it could go either way. Like I'm saying, Alistair's got to be strategic. Um, he's definitely got the experience on Nganu, but uh, I'm saying Francis by knockout. And then the main fucking event. Um, I'm excited for this shit, guys. Uh, Max Holloway, Max Blessed Holloway, excuse me, and Jose Aldo. Um this was originally t- supposed to be Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar I believe but uh due to injury I think Frankie Edgar you know Jose hopped in um I I don't know any like I, as I said any time you have these two fighters It's going to be a fucking event. It's going to be something to watch. And it's not, you know, you can't dismiss this level of skill. But um, I think in their first fight, we just saw a preview of what's going to happen in this fight. I think Max is just, you know, he's on a run. He's, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say. I don't want to count Jose out. But if I had to bet, and I had to make a fucking decision, I'm gonna go ahead and say Max Holloway, um, by by decision, I guess. I just think who knows. I don't think it'll be a knockout. It's possible. I think a submission is likely more is is more likely than a knockout. But I'm gonna go ahead and say a. A, he go, it goes to decision, and Max Holloway wins this one, um, actually, you know what, Max Holloway by submission, I'm gonna go ahead and get wild with the predictions, um, either way, I don't see Max Holloway losing, I just don't see it happening, uh, Jose is still a world-class level fucking fighter, but, man, I wish he would have gotten one more fight in between, you know, and just polish up, or, or really also just show us what he's working with, if, if age is getting to him, whatever, because um, he just looked extremely outclassed in that first fight, uh. so Max Holloway, I think this is his to win, um, now staying in the fighting realm, we've got some more fucking crazy-ass call out are are more fucking challengers for Conor's legacy right um I don't think this and and of course I'm talking about Manny Pacquiao calling out Conor McGregor saying that what was the exact it was an Instagram post I believe yeah it was an Instagram post a picture of Conor extremely creepy Manny I don't know I don't know what the fuck you're doing over there but um a picture of Conor and it says happy Thanksgiving, stay fit, my friend. Hashtag real boxing match. Hashtag 2018. And at uh he added Connor. So um it makes sense. It makes fucking sense. It has nothing to do with Connor. Um, it's it has everything to do with the paycheck that Connor brings. You know? Um But I don't know guys, cause who the fuck then there was another headline that I read this past weekend, uh, or this past week, excuse me, and uh, and it was, I believe Mayweather, uh, you know, alluding to having one more fight in him. Um, I did not read into it. I might read into it later and cover it later. It's just kind of tiring to me. Like what the fuck? You know, it was just kinda like, God damn, fucking everyone's coming out of retirement for this kid, you know? And all due respect to Connor, it's not but it's not him, it's not the competition he presents. Clearly, I don't think I'm, you know, breaking any news to you guys, but it's it's clearly just this paycheck that these guys see, hey, if fucking Mayweather can do it. I can do it, why the fuck not? Um and I, I you know, I, I seeing that headline um with Mayweather alluding to his career not being over yet, him possibly having one more fight, that made me think uh I I really think he's going to he would only come back for a money fight against Connor again uh, now, would people buy it, I, I think so, we can speculate all we want, I think people would buy it, again, it's too much of an event not to fucking buy it, you know, uh, that's what I said with the first one, so many people were fucking denying it, the first, you know, the first time around, like, a cultural fucking event, I think that was more so because they were discrediting Connor though, um, but yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about? This is gonna break every record. You're gonna say you're not gonna watch it. You're gonna, at the very least, go over to a friend's that's that's gonna order it. You know, like what the fuck are you talking about?" So I think again, we'll just see more of that, and I think people would watch it. But getting into it, um, I I I was thinking on it, and I think Mayweather will be the one challenging Connor up until the point that Connor turns it down. And just because Conor is not, obviously, he is. You know, he wants the same money that that Mayweather does. But I think Mayweather is just stuck in such a spending cycle, and just it, it's it's a it's a habit for him. It's a lifestyle that he's addicted to. Um, I can see him always chasing that paycheck. And don't get me wrong, Conor chases a paycheck as well. And this is not to bash. Um, Mayweather at all, but because he has the skills to back it up clearly, you know um, but I think Connor will find a cutoff point, you know find the discipline to decide a cutoff point before Mayweather does. I think Mayweather's just too stuck in this one more mentality, you know and, and it supplements so much spending, you know for for so many years in the future. so it's like it makes sense, man when you're used to that lifestyle, it's going to be hard to accommodate to anything different and to imagine that huge lump of a paycheck coming in. Right. Um, but I don't know, guys, that was just a thought, kind of an ongoing thought thread that I have in my mind. Um, it's crazy though. I think it holds true. I think we will see Mayweather call, calling out Connor until the point that he turns it down, now does that mean the third fight, uh, you know, does that mean that we see the second fight and he turn, he walks away at the third fight, I don't know, it, it obviously there is, uh it kind of depends on what happens in the second fight, um, but who the fuck knows, so, getting back into this Pacquiao calling out Connor though, um, it's just getting fucking ridiculous you guys, uh, I mean, it, it makes sense. Everyone chasing this paycheck now that it's been proven, but um, I think the more and more we see people, these huge boxing fights present themselves. Um, there's obviously just more on the table for Conor, and I think the more and more we see these legends calling out Conor, um, the less likely it is that we'll see many more fights. In MMA. I think that just makes sense. Because it opens this opportunity. And this was another thought I was thinking on. Is it opens this opportunity. For Conor to bounce back and forth. Between the sports. And I know Dana can say what he wants. Oh well we're not you know. We're not really looking to keep doing this. To operate you know. To operating in both sports. With one athlete. Um, But I think money rules. And. The level of paychecks that you can achieve with connor uh it it makes sense I don't think anyone's stopping him i think uh I think it's very possible that we see Connor bouncing back and forth in between the two um now this is just throwing shit at the wall, just theorizing right like just uh just kind of just really. I don't know, just thinking on the subject in an open-minded way, Um, but hear me out. For example, say we see Conor and Tony Ferguson in early 2018, right, the first half of the year. Um, It breaks records, you know, in UFC uh, pay-per-view, yada yada, as expected, Um, and then in... The latter half, I I honestly don't even think it matters that much what the outcome is um, in that fight. Now, that's more, I I haven't given that too much thought, the optics of, you know, him winning, him losing, uh, and the public's reaction to it, but I genuinely, you know, just briefly thinking about it, I don't think it matters that much. And that's crazy to think, but he's just such a cultural icon at this point that I don't know if that necessarily matters that much That's food for thought Maybe for a later topic Um, But just hear me out That doesn't matter that much He fights Tony Ferguson in early 2018 And then he goes on in late 2018 The latter half of the year And fights Let's just say for the sake of narrative He fights uh, Oscar De La Hoya And I don't know if that outcome, or that, yeah, I don't know if that outcome matters, just as long as he proves to be a worthy athlete, you know, and puts up a decent level of competition. Um, now to keep this going, I do think actually he has to win somewhere. Obviously, he can't just be losing fucking everything. Uh, but I don't think it matters as much as, you know, you would initially think it does. Um, so let's say he has that pay-per-view with Tony Ferguson, has that pay-per-view, that super fight in boxing with Oscar De La Hoya, uh, breaks records again, all pay-per-views, whatever, and it just keeps happening. Um, then in early 2019, we see him come back to the octagon, and I don't, I don't know if Habib is a worthy opponent, or like a, a likely opponent, rather. Um, but let's say the trilogy with Nate, let's say that finally happens in early 2019. He comes back, you know, Conor comes back to the octagon, it breaks all records, you know, as expected. Then in late 2019, you know, he keeps up this two-fight structure, Where he bounces back and forth in two fights a year. I feel like gives him enough time to be training. Focusing on the sport that he's going back into. Um, This is all just theoretical guys. Bear with me. It's just kind of fun to think about. Um, At the very least. You know it's just kind of fun to bullshit it. But uh, so and then as expected. In late 2019 after the trilogy with Nate. After that breaks all sale records and, and so and so on. Then he finally fights, um, let's say Pacquiao. And then, uh, and that breaks all records just because it's just such a super fight. And I think as we see these fights going, so it was obvious in, well, actually, I don't even know if it was necessarily obvious, but I would agree that, um, Mayweather had the bargaining power in in their super fight, you know, their initial super fight. Um because it took him to accept the fight, took him to entertain the fight. He's always been a professional heel. Um he does it so goddamn well. Um I think you know if we see these fights continue to happen, these super fights, I think Connor they, they're only more and more appealing to Connor because he he's the he he, even in this next fight, say he fights Oscar De La Hoya, I don't even think it's an argument that he is the the A side, right? Like the side that brings all of the views, um, or the majority of the views, rather. And then obviously in the third fight, say it is against Pacquiao, um, you know he he only gets more and more of a top stance in in the financial side of it which I think only increases the likelihood that he entertains these fights and really seeks them out. So, I don't know, just throwing this shit at the wall. It's kind of fun to theorize about. You guys let me know what you think about that shit. Um, Who out of the opponents, say we throw Mayweather back in there for a second fight, who out of um, Pacquiao, De La Hoya, and Mayweather, who do you guys want to see? Are you just over it? Or, or I feel like even people that say that they're over it just say that they feel like they're over it. As it builds, again, it's a cultural event, and uh I think you'll end up watching it regardless. But that aside, who, who would you guys rather see out of the three? I'm interested. And uh do you think the order matters? Do you think it's possible that we see these continue to happen? Because I think that bouncing back and forth um, opens the I guess financial side of things so that it's just these fucking box office breaking you know events each time um and it's enough time away from each sport so it builds up I don't know who who's the who the fuck is to say if you would have asked me if that shit would have happened you know the initial fight between fucking Mayweather and Conor motherfucking McGregor like, what the fuck, I really think there, there aren't nearly as many barriers as we think there are, there's so much possibility, um, maybe, maybe, uh, fucking De La and Pacquiao should fight for a chance to fight Connor, right, <laughs> uh, who, who the fuck is to say, you guys, um, I guess only time will tell, I, I'm interested in Connor's next statement, you know, uh, just seeing where the fuck he goes. I'm going to be watching every fucking as with the world I would imagine. I'm going to be watching every fucking word that comes out of that man's mouth in the post fight interview in this upcoming UFC which I'm assuming, you know, the, the the Tony Ferguson is clearly the next fight that he's chosen regardless of what Dana says cuz I think recently Dana uh let out a statement saying that you know, he doesn't know or that Connor's still in in the, uh, state of deciding what, what sport he's gonna compete in, or, or whatever, or something of that, I think, I think it's all bullshit, I completely disregarded it for the most part, um, I think it's pretty much decided he's gonna come back, uh, fight Tony Ferguson, and as I said, I'm, I'm fascinated to see everything that that man fucking says in the, uh, the post-fight build-up, or not the post-fight build the, the pre-fight build-up, whatever, all of that shit, man. Um, fascinating times, guys. There are less barriers than you think. Trust me. This shit is this shit is just so crazy. But all right. Now, um, I wanted to touch on a topic that I initially saw with Dead End Hip Hop. It was a video that they put out. Um, with shout out to Dead End Hip Hop making fucking major moves. They were like on this goddamn set. And I remember when they were just fucking, what, back in, what was it, like, 2010? The, uh, it had to be fucking damn near 10 years ago now. You know, watching them fucking reviewing albums in, like, their backyards and shit. And to now having a set, and now having artists, like, recently, Lupe, uh, responded to this, this actual video, um and you know they have artists responding to their shit because they are that big of a cultural voice it's just impactful man And, and it's so dope to see fucking beautiful to see um and it's only possible in this digital age man you know that these dudes just go from fucking reviewing albums in depth as fuck in in the back of their you know in the back of their house and, uh, and fucking, or in the parking lot of some fucking restaurant or some shit. And now they were on a full on set. And I think it's only a sign of things to come. Uh, I, I love what those guys are doing at dead end hip hop. And anyway, so it was a video. I'm, sh- you guys might have seen it. It was on, um, it was with the company man who I know has done a lot of, uh, content or are regularly hosts for, uh, hip hop DX and you know in the same vein of dead-end hip-hop he gives insanely insightful breakdowns of just his is more so cultural topics though um and and he breaks them down in such depth that it's fucking fascinating it's like college professor type shit for real and uh And Dead End Hip Hop is more specific to albums, but they are dabbling in topics. And if you guys haven't checked out, check out their fucking podcast, Is the Mic Still On? I listen to that shit religiously. I mean, that is one podcast. I have quite a few in rotation, but that is one podcast that almost every time it it pops up in my um, my fucking queue or whatever, you know, it it auto-downloads, I'm listening to it that fucking day. Like, I just make time for that fucking podcast, and just, it's dope, dope content, you guys, so check it out if you haven't, again, it's at, uh, it's at Dead End Hip Hop, is the mic still on, um, but anyways, Anthony Fantano, uh, aka The Needle Drop, um, also a extremely in-depth, uh, album reviewer on YouTube, or largely based on YouTube, Um, he recently covered the topic as well, and I just thought it was fun to just give my brief thoughts on, because it is an interesting concept, it's very interesting, um, and it is, well, is it better for, or not even, I don't think it was posed as, is it better? I think it was posed as, would you rather see your favorite artists, um, burn out or fade away? So, meaning, would you rather see them burn out? I I get mixed up because these fucking terms, dude. Um, So, burnout, if I remember correctly, was they just kind of stopped cold turkey. A perfect example I felt like was Andre 3000. So they stop with you wanting more, right? Or would you rather they fade fade away? So, um, with all due respect, kind of like what what Big Boy is doing, and I only draw that comparison just because it's like two artists in the same group that are that chose two very different paths. I think it's a perfect example, um, everyone for years has been clamoring for an Andre 3000 project, uh, just recently, like, within the past five years, he started giving us features, um, but even then, that shit was, like, a fucking grail, like, he, he took people's songs, and just with him being on it, obviously, his skill carried, you know, that was ever-present, but, Just with seeing his name, it was so fucking exciting that, you know, I know myself as a listener, regardless of how much I gave a fuck about the artist whose song it was on, I would go and listen to that shit and just listen for the fucking Andre 3000 verse, you know? And so it made it that valuable, right? And I think that time and that staying away and not giving us a project is crucial Aside from the skill, obviously you need the skill. Don't dismiss that shit. And when it comes to skill, it's not even debatable that, you know, Andre 3000 is a fucking, you know, he's he's a pillar in hip hop. Like he is just such an open thinker and, and just so skilled. It's it's not even fucking not even worth a conversation. Right. Like, it's just it's it's a given and um, so that's that's essential but aside from that I think it's crucial that you don't give the people what they want when they want it you wait and give it to them on your terms and even then you just give them a little a little sample a little taste test right um but so we've seen that happen over the years with Andre 3000 we've seen interviews with you know, likely your favorite artist, I mean, I know, I think it was Wayne, even back in the height of his career, um, that consistently said in interviews that Andre 3000 was his biggest influence and his favorite artist, and it just happens consistently, he's probably the most consistent favorite artist that you hear, or, or that I've heard in, you know, in interviews that artists mention, um, now, also you know so so we saw that happen so clearly there's a ton of influence there right um but then also now you have big boy right which no knock to big boy this this on the surface seems insanely disrespectful to big boy right um i honestly i don't think he's fading away but in the context of this question i think that's what you would categorize it right Like, he's staying present in the culture. He keeps reinventing and keeps this new sound that I think is very true to the fucking outcast DNA. uh, More true than people would even give it credit. And it's just bizarre to see, because it's almost like he's not nearly, not even it's almost like, I think he's not nearly as appreciated just because he is so ever-present, you know, um, so I would argue that this is the perfect example, um, so what do you guys think on, on just Big Boy versus Andre 3000, like, how do you view them, I would, I would bet that most of you probably view Andre 3000 as, like, God-level MC, right, and no, not to Big Boy, he's just somewhere, um, in the fray, in the fray of dope artists, is where I think most people would rank him, and I think that's largely based off of him being so ever-present in hip-hop, and consistently dropping projects, so it's like, when you, when you're an artist, and you keep creating, or you do it for the fans, and you keep, you know, creating dope, unique-ass projects, um, because people sleep on him, his projects have been fucking, you know, dope as fuck and just experimental and yet in in being so experimental they're gonna be hit or miss for a lot of listeners but I think that's that's a huge part of the outcast DNA that he carries with him that is just hugely overlooked because he's so ever-present in in our culture so um I don't know you know I I think if he were to have spent time away and drop projects maybe what every fucking five years or build the anticipation and drop it after 10 years or some shit i think it would be the impact would be bigger and people would view him in a higher regard but i don't know i i think you know people who listen to like 90s music and and kind of like the ogs in music that that really listen to you know, the Snoop Dogs or, or the pillars of what made hip-hop, right? Um, I think it's obvious to them that Big Boy is a staple, but in the younger generation, you know, the younger you get, I think it just gets lost in time, and what remains is this myth of a fucking Andre 3000 album. So, it's hard to say, you guys, but I think that's kind of a perfect example You know, so in that example, you know, you guys let me know who, you know, how do you view Andre 3000 versus big boy? And, uh, you know, just kind of, I, I I don't know. It's fascinating to fucking think on. Um, it was, yeah, it was in watching the video that I thought on this and I thought it was kind of the perfect example. Um, also with T-Pain, you know, with T-Pain, like if he would have just burnt out, And, you know, stopped creating after the huge dominance that we saw in what the early, you know, 2010 era, um, he owned radio, he owned fucking popular music, not even just fucking hip hop, popular fucking music, um, and now that he's coming back out, admittedly, no disrespect to T-Pain, even listening to interviews, I'm more inclined to listen to his music. I'm more inclined from listening to interviews to listen to his new music than I am from his previous discography and the nostalgia that it has in my teenage years, which is fucking crazy. Because don't get me wrong, you know, his, his songs those, you know, uh, what is it, like, buy you a drink, I mean, the, the list goes fucking on, um, those songs still go off when you play them, because it's so nostalgic, right, but knowing that, I still am not that excited to check out his new Oblivion album, um, I'll likely give it a listen just out of respect, but it's crazy to think. And I just wonder that if he would have stayed, you know, uh, I don't want to say stayed quiet, but just not came out with more music and just got into real estate or some other shit. Um, I wonder how I would view him and how that shit would change. And if we would really view his earlier art as like, the the fucking huge influence that it is um i don't know guys it's it's interesting what are your thoughts on t-pain you know how do you view him because he likely was a huge part of your your life you know just because he was such a moment in music and a moment in entertainment like he you know a fucking cultural icon at a point like you can, everyone knew who fucking t-pain was so now i wonder how you view him and have you listened to his new project probably not right it's just interesting to think on guys um so shout out to anthony fantano and even more so dead end hip-hop for the food for thought i love what you guys are doing um check out their content it's it's solid fucking content on youtube on, you know, as I said, with the podcast, um, those guys, what they're doing with music and culture is fucking huge. Uh, I love it. So thank you guys for the topic. Um, hopefully I just kind of helped expand on it and just further, cause I don't, everyone has their own opinion, right? And so I, I don't know if I have a, a specific opinion with whether I would rather see artists burn out or fade away in, in a split, this like in a split moment. I would probably say I would rather have them fade away because even in their later years, um, you see that, you know, there, there usually are gems and just solid pieces of art that, that do hold value. Um, for example, with Jay-Z and 444, man, that fucking album, god damn, that shit's a moment, right, and it's not him catering to a younger generation, it's not him taking someone else's sound, it's like a 40 slash 50 year old Jay-Z sound, and it's dope as fuck, you know, so it's hard to say, that I guess is an example right there, that I would rather see artists uh, fade away than burn out, Although there is a definite um, attraction to the art when when an artist just stops, like it, it, there's a timelessness to an Andre Three Thousand record, but at the same time, um, I I don't I think it's extremely selfish to stop asking a artist to stop doing what they largely probably believe they were put on this earth to do. And I don't think that's even worth arguing. I think clearly if they made a career off of it and if they get some s- sort of satisfaction from it, it is what they were put on this earth to do. So that's kind of extremely selfish to, to give that opinion. Uh, I would rather watch an artist fade away. And now even thinking a little bit more on it uh, to wrap things up, even with an artist like Kid Cudi, who a lot of people would argue, you know, after what, Man on the Moon 1 and 2? it's been very spotty since like no solid project since just there are moments there are songs that are huge especially if you're a follower of Kid Cudi which I am I I love I'll I'll always give his projects a listen um well I say that but speeding bullet to heaven I have not touched admittedly but um with his new shit I I'm drawing a blank on the fucking name with the pink album cover you know, it's, like, black and pink, um, that shit, I thought, had some moments on it that were extremely fucking dope, and so, regardless, just, I think it's, kind of, you pick and choose what you like from an artist as they get later in their career, but it's essential that they keep creating, and, uh, Kid Cudi is an example of, you know, a very divisive, aging artist that, um, I think, I, as a listener, and obviously he as an artist, benefits more from him gradually, quote-unquote, fading away rather than him just stopping. You know, um, those Man on the Moon 1 and 2 are always going to be moments regardless. Um, They would be bigger moments had he just left music, but that's extremely selfish. You know, I feel like the more and more I think on it, it's kind of ridiculous to ask of an artist um i mean that's their life purpose yo like that's that's what they do so um yeah you guys let me know the the uh andre 3000 big boy example i think is a perfect example yet again so please get back to me on that um how do you guys view andre 3000 versus big boy you know do you hold either of them in higher regard and why um so with that said, let's get into a bit of technology news, or I guess like I, th- I think it's bigger than just technology. I think it's kind of the future of human transportation, but I'll, I'll get into that in a second. So um, Uber recently penned a, I believe, billion dollar deal with Volvo. And before I get into that, Uber's been in the news for, let's see, what the fuck else? Um, There was a huge data leak. Um, It hit 2.7 million estimated UK customers. I feel like they include UK just because that makes us in the US feel better. I'm sorry, everyone in the UK, it does make me feel better, but I think it's only a matter of time until we see more and more of these. And even with this, you know, when you look into the details of this story, it's fucking insane because Uber, we're only hearing about this now. I don't know the actual date that it fucking happened, but I do know that, uh, okay. It says here that there was the mass data breach, uh, happened in 2016. It doesn't specify any more than that, but we're barely hearing about it in, what, late 2017, which is fucking crazy. And I think there have been bigger data breaches that we still have not fucking heard of. And I think they're going to vary in numbers that they affect, but it's going to range across companies and it's going to consistently be held under the carpet. Um, I think they all will eventually surface just because of this, this Internet age, I think things will leak, but it's hard to say. What really worries me about this is a ransom of one hundred thousand uh, dollars, seventy-five seventy-five thousand um, pounds, was paid to hackers so they would delete the data to keep the security lapse quiet. That's the fucking scariest thing, and the takeaway from this story, Uber. It's a show of character on Uber, but Uber is not alone. When you get a when you get a company this big, that is going to be the natural reaction. No one is going to take the noble fucking route and tell you that your your fucking data has been compromised. And what the fuck did this include? I believe it include it included information like um, fuck, what was it? Emails, um fuck where was it uh, god damn it i can't find it right now um a ton of personal information though and that's scary as fuck um okay it says usernames email addresses and mobile numbers of customers were among the data that was hacked uh, that shit is only the, the tip of the iceberg. It's only going to get, you know, obviously different companies have different ranges of uh, people's data. You know, different different aspects of our data. But this is only going to be more and more common. And these payoffs are going to, it's going to, it's getting scary, you guys. Like, we just don't see it right now. Because I guarantee you uh, more more has been unseen than has been seen, but definitely more has happened than has been seen, so, uh, I say that with full confidence, um, so I just briefly wanted to touch on that, because I haven't mentioned it before, and I feel like you can't mention something like Uber without mentioning that, um, it's scary fucking times, you guys, but it's only natural in my opinion because we have so much information out there that naturally becomes the value of a company is is the information that they have on this expansive customer base right um uh scary shit but the main part of the story that i wanted to touch on was uber recently inked a deal with volvo uh, so Uber inks a $1 billion, uh, deal with Volvo for 24,000 autonomous vehicles. Uh, I think this is fascinating. I think, you know, there was a, a podcast recently where Rogan was talking about, um, how he thinks there will, you know, owning a vehicle will only be normal throughout the next 10 years, roughly. And, uh, and then he also mentioned I believe it was on the Ryan what is it the Brian Redband excuse me the Brian Redband podcast just recently um where they discussed this and they also mentioned a Tesla cab-like service that exists currently in california which i knew nothing about and uh rogan touches on how it's perfect advertising for tesla which is extremely fucking true and um that was fascinating though how much truth i think there is to owning a car going going extinct i think gary v has touched on it time and time again he said that uh you know, he had mentioned that he thinks that going forward, like Uber cash or whatever, like an Uber gift card is going to be what parents get their kids. And, you know, rather than a new car, cause it's just not necessary anymore. Right. Um, and for the time being, it will be people who do have cars, I guess, that are using them to make money on the side, but then in the future, in the not-too-far future, I think it's obvious that it is, um, automated cars, you know, driverless fucking vehicles that come and pick you up, and they take you to where you need to be, and that's fucking that, and there's no human interaction, there's no, no human interaction, whether it be person-to-person, uh, or human interaction with the actual vehicle, you know, um, I think it'll detect when, you, you know, when you're in the car, obviously, like once you have using GPS, once your fucking phone is in the car, I don't know, I'm I'm fucking <laughs> getting crazy with this thought right now, but because it's just so likely and it's so close and it seems so far-fetched, that's what makes it fucking crazy, um, but, you know, I, I think we'll just see more of this, obviously, with Uber getting involved. Um, I think we'll see Lyft clearly getting involved. I think, uh, Tesla will only get more and more involved and I think cars will start to transform the design of them. Um, I think we'll start to see more and more vehicles that have interiors designed for interaction rather than, or or entertainment rather, rather than, um, You know, driving it won't be centered or it won't be a driver-centered experience. That's that's fucking old, right? Like, it's going to. I saw this van maybe fucking five years ago or some shit, and the van, the back, the back cab of it or whatever, had the seats that rotated and it had a table. I don't know if you popped up the table like set it up or if it was constantly there but there was a table and so it was more so an entertainment interaction area and i think we'll more and more see shit like that like where in the near future of course there will be a driver's seat for when you when the driver may need to take over or will be at their you know at their decision they can choose if they want to drive or want it to be automated um that's kind of obvious, but I think also what comes with that is you will see the chair that, like, kind of swivels and, you know, as you make that decision, do I want to drive or do I want the complete, you know, automated experience where I can just be chilling, fucking, you know, talking to friends, playing cards, fucking, you know, whatever the fuck. I mean, who the fuck knows, you guys? It's, uh again, it's bizarre times that, that are ahead of us, Uh, very... Very closely ahead of us, mind you um so I don't know, just food for thought, I think the money is talking, I think uh this is fascinating shit, you know um now, let me briefly or not even briefly kind of treat it like a lightning round uh to run through our end of the week or not even end of the week, but yeah, I guess end of the week sneaker recap, whatever. Um, Okay, so last time I think we left off on. I also like speeding through this because it it, it makes me have a, a decisive opinion on the sneaker. Um. So let's see, fucking. Um, I might be overlapping a little because I think I covered the cause, the black cause Air Jordan Four. And the Air Jordan 1, uh, the Gold Top, what is it, Gold Top 3? Um, but yeah, those released. Uh, the cause, the, the black cause is beautiful. I like it more than the gray. Um, shout out to you if you got that. There was a raffle that was through email. I thought it was handled well. I think, you know, be, you know, companies need to get creative going forward just with the level of demand with certain sneakers like this. Um, yeah, shout out to you if you got that. That shoe is fucking gorgeous. Um, the Air Jordan 1 Gold Top 3 released. Uh, that's fucked up. I feel your pain if you were one of these people that was obsessing over this sneaker when it released, when it released, Jesus Christ, when it released exclusively, uh, quote unquote exclusively at ComplexCon. Now, mind you, I don't think that was widely publicized or even made as a statement from jordan brand or um union la who i think jordan brand chose to release it through their their um setup at complex con i don't think that was made public that was all assumptions right and this is what i saw fucking happening and i mean it let it be a lesson i think we'll see this happening more and more with the quote-unquote complex or the the complex con quote-unquote exclusives we're just going to see them releasing in a different capacity maybe maybe a limited capacity but you know it's going to be it's going to be more and more common like just let this be a lesson to you guys if you do have a complex con exclusive i'd recommend getting rid of it sooner than later um just cashing out and then worst case scenario you buy it back later for a little bit more um but yeah don't take that risk because I, I think this, this gold top three kind of serves as a lesson to people that, you know, that are just fucking impatient. Like, you guys can't be that impatient this day, this you know, with sneakers. Like, that shit is crazy. People were paying over a thousand for that shit, man. It, it was getting insane. So, I don't know. Just be just be smart about shit. Know that no sneaker, it gets worth, you know, it, it's not worth that much. Like, it's it's really not. Um. All right, so now where are we on the twenty ninth, which was this past Wednesday? We saw the Stash Nike Air Zoom Spiridon release. Um. It's a a legend, not even legendary. I guess we'll fucking go with legendary for time's sake. A legendary colorway placed on a you know, a retro model that Nike's bringing back, um, or that Nike has brought back, I I don't know, it's not great, I get if you fuck with the stash, you know, the the previous collaborations and whatever, this is likely a must-have, um, I'm judging purely based off of aesthetics, it's, it's good looking in that, in that blue palette, but other than that, it's, it's nothing special to me, um, all right, now, November 30th, we have the fucking uh nike air force one low rockefeller release um mind you this is off soul collector so if you if you guys either want to run through them with me or if this shit is not credible fucking (laughs) go see soul collector about it um i just wanted to run through these so i can give you guys my thoughts on the sneakers it's not nearly the accuracy that matters in that case I kind of feel like um, I'm fucking rambling for sure now. Uh, All right. The Nike Air Force One Low Rockefeller. Again, if you're tied to what this sneaker represents or or the, you know, the time that it represents, I get that you have to have it at 150. It's nice to see Nike is not really gouging. Um, And it's dope to see Jay existing in multiple facets, like, you know, just being involved in such a high level of sneaker collab with Nike, and, and so on and so forth, while being involved with his recent Puma Clydes that released, the 444 Tan Clydes, um, you know, it's dope, uh, so, I get it, it's not, I don't need it, but I get if you do, it's, it's definitely understandable, um, all right, uh, also November 30th, the Adidas Ultra Boost Navy Multicolor, um, just another multicolor, nothing special, um, I like what they're doing with the multicolor, but it's, it's definitely nothing crazy, alright, so now getting into December 1st, um, the Nike Air Force One High just done, uh, for $200, I feel like that's reasonable, these materials, the leather looks luxurious as fuck, um, that tan liner is fucking gorgeous, the gold accents are perfect, um, Shout outs to fucking C. he did his goddamn thing on these, these are beautiful, um, if you get a chance, I say cop them, these are, you know, some gorgeous, some gorgeous highs, oh, uh, all right, now, the, uh, still on December 1st, the Nike PG Bright Violet Black White Total Orange, it's a purple basketball sneaker, guys, um, I'm not gonna sit here and clown it, it's it's likely going to entertain the, the clearance rack. I mean, it's it's releasing at 110 which is dope. It's dope to see that price point with Nike um, and a signature basketball line. But uh, this is clearly just like, you know, if it's your color, pick it up. If otherwise, it's likely going to clearance and you can pick that up. It's just, you know, a basic basketball sneaker. Um, all right. Now the Nike Air Zoom Humara Deep Burgundy this is, when I initially saw this, admittedly, I thought it was gross, I thought this colorway, it's, it's off-putting as fuck, you know, this deep burgundy, and olive, and slate blue color, like, what the fuck, but I think it works, I think it works with the, um, the aesthetic, the current aesthetic of footwear, um, I like it, I like this sneaker, um, If you guys get a chance or want to fucking style it, I think it would be fun to style. Like, you can find, it would make for unique fits, for sure. Um, All right. now, the Reebok Fury Kazi Future Triple Black. Um, shout out to Future for having a collab, but this shit just looks like a mess. It looks like just designs thrown on top of designs. Um... I don't know. It's bizarre to see someone who's so influential style-wise, you know, their signature sneaker fall so hard. And this is a later topic that I'm almost positive I want to talk about. Um, I don't know if we've ever really seen a very popular artist release a signature sneaker and see it do well, other than Kanye. Um, Definitely see it do well on on a wide scale. Um, there might be a niche following that follows that that artist and so therefore they follow the sneaker Um, maybe more so recently now that i'm thinking about it the um golf le floor That that uh, tyler's doing with converse. Those are pretty dope but um It's not its own sneaker and that's kind of what i'm touching on so we'll we'll get into that at a later date But um, just food for thought, uh, if it's your thing and you want to support future I get it. 250 is fucking ridiculous. Um, Reebok, I get that that's your star power, and so you're pricing accordingly, but you've got to bring that price down to get people to, you know, early adopters to even accept it, you know, to, to be more inclined to adopt it. Um even though it's all black and an extreme ass silhouette, it's fucking it's uh, it's pretty garbage, guys. Uh, but shout out to Future for making moves. In all honesty, I'm trying to remain positive, that shit is dope. Um. All right, now the Nike Air Humara Varsity Maze. This for sure is the uh more popular colorway out of the two. The more easily a uh, it, it's it's definitely easier to style. It's just you know it has yellow hits. It's a very technical silhouette. Um. You know, black, gray. uh this this sneaker looks gorgeous, guys. I really like it. I want to see how people style this shit. I'm excited. Um. Take a risk. Get this sneaker. Fucking flip it. Hashtag the uh abstract aesthetic, and I'll go through that shit. Possibly feature your guys' pictures. I I really want it to have a you know the brand to have a community community base going forward. Uh, be very community centric. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just style it, flip it, uh, I want to see how people style this shit, it's, uh, pretty excited for that silhouette, um, holy fuck, alright, now, the Nike Air VaporMax Flyknit Bread, uh, the rare, or the rare, the fucking, uh, red air bubble, looks goddamn gorgeous, um, I don't like the black upper, I would like to see a white upper, and a red air bubble, that shit would be wild, or an off-white upper, and a red air bubble, um, they're doing something right with that multi, with these different colored air bubbles though, on that, on the, uh, VaporMax, uh, it's dope, I definitely say, you know, I could see people copying this, that red air bubble is everything, um, now the Nike Kyrie S1 hybrid, what the, if Kyrie's your player, I get it, I get that you need it, uh, this shit looks like garbage to me, you know, I've never, to be clear though, I've never really fucked with the what the line, other than the what the dunks, just because of the concept, and it's like the originator of the concept, right, but other than that, I, I really don't fuck with the aesthetics of these what the sneakers, um, but I get it, if that's your thing, if Kyrie's your, your fucking player, by all means, Um, and 120 is reasonable, you know. All right, now the Air Jordan 32. Okay, we're on December 2nd. Um, Air Jordan 32 low, win like 96. This is boring as fuck. Uh, sorry, like maybe this, this sneaker plays extremely well. And the red and black colorway, it's, it's never going to miss, you know. And it probably covers the most, um it's probably one of the highest uh sportswear team combination color combinations right so um if it plays well copy it. if it plays well and you play i mean copy it otherwise it's it's pretty boring um air jordan six retro u n c this is a gorgeous ass six um that's all i have to say about it this shit is gorgeous i love the hits of the light blue and the way that they play with the contrast of the black um now the acronym nike lunar force one low i believe i named this the number one of the lunar collaborations uh or not the lunar collaborations the fucking um air force one low collaborations or it wasn't even air force one low what the fuck am i talking about air force one collaborations Um, and that stands, it's gorgeous, it has such a technical, uh, silhouette, and with it being all white, I feel like that's, it's just a beautiful combination, um, if you get the chance, pick these up, these things are fucking gorgeous, uh, and so easy to fucking implement, I love that silver zipper, it's so basic, but so fucking gorgeous, um, all right, now, the Nike Little Posit 1, Hey Penny, um, it's a clean kid's silhouette, or rather a clean kid's um, colorway, so I get it, you know, if, yeah, it's finally a clean kid's colorway that is not fucking too wild, I mean, it is definitely wild, what the fuck am I saying, it has fucking writing all over it, but um, I don't know, it, it's dope, I, I like where 180 is for sure fucking insane, Um, I hope this is a kid's colorway, but with that price, it makes me think that it is a adult release. No, I think one eighty is the kids the kids price, and then two fifty is the adult price. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty clean kids colorway. In all honesty, I like that the writing is also on the um the what is it the fucking plate the uh not flight plate what the fuck do you call it um fuck i'm for sure drawing a blank right now but you guys get what i mean and look at the sneaker there's writing also on the uh the arch area of the sneaker it looks dope all right now december 3rd we have travis scott nike air force one low it looks good i like the cream piping um the silver you know metallic type swoosh looks gorgeous on this um it's a cop if you guys get a chance I say pick it up this thing is gorgeous all right now the uh December 6th let's see where we're stopping um we'll stop on yeah December 6th uh so we have the Nike KD10 multicolor. um if it's your thing it, it looks good I like the way the multicolor plays with the simple colors, the white, the gray, and the black. Um, if it's your thing, copy it, 150 is reasonable. I like the 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 chance that they're taking with the KD-10 design, you know, just with it being pretty wild, um, with the exaggerated lacing. Um, yeah, if it's your thing, copy it, otherwise... I don't know, it's not really for me, guys. Um, with that saying, uh with that being said, (laughs) uh, this wraps up our longest episode yet. So if you guys uh you know thank you guys for bearing with me. If you stuck through to the end um to hear this shit, you guys are amazing. Um shout out to you. Uh I fucking love you guys. Maybe this kind of makes up for Monday, right? Not really. Um I fucked up Monday, but it's not going to happen again. So, with that being said, you guys, I fucking love you. Um I hope you get if you get a chance to check out the playlist. Um thank you for supporting the the brand, the channel in whatever way that you do. Um you guys are amazing. So, I love you guys. You'll be hearing more from me soon. Have an amazing weekend.